tired, weary, frustrated? What would you be doing if you weren't raising children alone? What's stopping you from living your best life now? On Solar Moms Talk, I discuss with solar mothers the challenges you face raising children alone. So if you're a working solar mom dealing with independent children, insensitive bosses, weight and health issues, or even debt collectors, join us as we discover your path to get and stay healthy, increase your income, and live with joy and purpose. In this battle of My guest today is Jenny Lisk. Thanks for coming and speaking to us today, Jenny. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me on. I've really been looking forward to this. Sure. And thanks. Um, Yes. Thanks for coming and talking to us. You are the author of Future Widow and the host of, tell me the name of your podcast again. It's called The Widowed Parent Podcast. The Widowed Parent Podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jenny's also a mom of two daughters. Uh, A daughter and a son. Yep. Two teenagers. Yep. Okay, so we have to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. All right. So first of all, I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself, Jenny. Sure, sure. Um, so I live in Seattle, Washington. And um, like you said, I host the Widowed Parent Podcast. And I'm also an author now. So it's very exciting. My book came mm-hmm. out this year. And um, well, I'm not sure how deep you want me to go right now. Do you want me to talk about how I became a solo mom? Be free. Yeah, <laughs> definitely that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, um, it's still started in the most unremarkable way you could maybe imagine. My -hmm. husband said he'd been feeling a little bit dizzy, Mm. you know, and it's like dizzy. Okay. I mean, we're busy. Maybe he's overtired. Maybe he's dehydrated, right? I mean, who knows? It was a Friday night, so it didn't seem like, you know, the only option really would have been to like run to the emergency room, but he wasn't passing out or anything, right? Right, right. So you can imagine my complete shock when we do see the primary care doctor a couple of weeks later and he does an MRI and he says, there's something really wrong with your brain. You need to go see the neurosurgeon tomorrow. Mm. Now, normally, you know, surgeons don't see people that fast, right? Yeah, yeah. And so the neurosurgeon says, uh, well, we need to cut your skull open the following day. Mm. And it was like the shock, like what is happening, right? Yeah. And it was the start really of eight months of grief and chaos and the start of a really tragic situation because in in under a year's time, my nine-year-old and my 11-year-old, they were going to have a dead dad. And I was going to be a widowed parent and I I felt lost, right? Like, how do I do this? I didn't ask for this job. I don't Mm -hmm. know how to do... I know how to be a regular parent well enough, right? I don't know how to parent grieving kids. Yeah. So I knew I needed to do something about that. And I realized like I couldn't be the only widowed parent feeling this way, right? And Mm -hmm. so... And because what it really comes down to for me is I think that every parent, every kid deserves a chance to thrive, even if their parent has died. Yeah. Right. So how could I learn and do things to try to help that uh, both for my own kids, but also for all the other 
you know, I realize there are lots of widowed parents out there, unfortunately, and there are more now with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, In normal times, one in 14 kids will lose a parent or sibling before they turn 18. Wow, that's that's pretty high. And that's a U.S. number. I don't know what the number is for Canada, where you are. And there are different numbers in each state in the U.S. So some states like West Virginia, the numbers are much higher. In my state, it's slightly lower, like one in 17, I think. But anyway, that's a lot of kids who yes. will lose a parent or a sibling. And by the way, the majority, far big majority of that is parent loss. They're in the sibling loss is a much smaller uh, percentage of, of that. So I realized that I should do something about that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I could start a podcast and go out and interview people. And if I recorded those interviews, I could share out what I was learning with whoever wanted to listen. Yeah. Because, you know, realistically, most people who are widowed parents are not going to be taking the time to, to go and you know, do all these interviews themselves. But I I could do that for them, right? Yeah. And then you just, I mean, as you know, podcast, put the, throw it on your phone and listen while you're doing the dishes or driving around or walking the dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. And I started the podcast back, um, actually it was November this time in 2018. Okay. So it's been three years, November's Children's Grief Awareness Month. So it was a perfect time to start the podcast. Right. Um, and a perfect time to be talking to you here about this as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that being a mother of young children too and and then having to go through the process of watching your husband die basically right so there's so much loss like you know it's just it's not just that he's gone there's a lot there's a lot of loss there oh yeah eight months of caregiving is is not easy and not fun and not something i would wish on anybody yeah um but it's you know it it, mm, i mean what do you say about that (laughs) yeah So tell me, I, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry that happened the way it did and that it, you know, it's just not a pleasant place to be. Mm. But you're here and Mm -hmm. you're supporting your children. You're raising them. And beyond that, you're sharing what you know and what you've experienced with others and allowing others to to express their feelings about their situation, you know, their grieving process. Mm. So, you know, that's really appreciated. You know, I've I've never had a spouse die, but, you know, them run away and not come back. But um, which is also hard in in a very different way. Right. Yes. You know, it's different. Friend. Tell me how, how do you walk a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old, you said? Mm. Yep, at the time, yep. And the nine-year-old through process of daddy's dying. I mean, how do you do that? Yeah, well, uh, you know, that, of course, was one of the biggest questions that I had because everything felt like I didn't know and it felt like I have to get this right whatever right means right like I feel like I could really screw things up here if I handle this wrong or I could do this okay if I learn some stuff maybe um and so one of the things so I actually it's a good question I I put together this bookmark I don't know if you can see it um tips for parents parents. and I got five things in it because when I wrote my book I was like you know what I need a a, like a quick you know quick hit couple of tips right and so I think the number one thing is to be honest with kids about difficult topics, which includes death and cancer and terminal illness and all of these terrible things. And it's one of the things, you know, I think, so the thing is everyone wants to protect their kids, obviously. The question really is what does protecting your kids mean in this situation? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes or too often, maybe it gets interpreted as hiding something from them, not telling 
telling them the truth, not telling mm-hmm. them that, first of all, keeping them updated in an age-appropriate way and, you know, words they can understand Yes. about what's happening, about what you know, about what you don't know, about what you're waiting for, you know, things like that. Not like, you know, we're having a test and we'll know more next week, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The really interesting thing that I learned later after I went through all this and I started the podcast, one of my guests on the show, her name is Lauren Schneider and she works at Our House Grief Support Center in Los Angeles. Still, I think one of the most impactful things that I learned is how important it is to be honest with kids. And there's a few reasons for that. One is that kids are super perceptive and so they can tell that something is kind of off, even if they don't really know exactly what, you know, maybe if their parent doesn't level with them and, you know, then they start noticing like whenever they come in the room, the adults were talking and they they get quiet or, you know, and then like, and so, so part of the problem is they'll make up, you know, kids are creative thinkers and stuff and they'll make up a, a scenario that might even be worse or scarier than whatever the truth is. Well, it's not just kids. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, right? That's true. So, yeah. So that's part of the problem. And then the other part of the problem is that eventually they will find out mm-hmm. whether you end up telling them later when they get older, whether they hear about it on the playground from another kid because maybe another kid knows the truth that they don't know, whether, you know, if it was something like a homicide that might have been in the newspaper and they Google it and they find out that way or something. I mean, kids, eventually they find out somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. what happens then? It turns out that the, the, the bond of trust between the, the kid and the surviving parent is super, super important. Yeah. Both in its own sake, because that parent is the primary supporter now of this kid, you know, emotionally and everything else, but also because that pattern of a trusting relationship forms the pattern for all future trusting relationships that they may have, whether that's with a future partner, a future colleague, a future close friend, right? That if that bond yeah. of trust with that yeah. surviving parent is ruptured, it actually sets up a really difficult pattern for the kid to be able to have future close, intimate, trusting relationships, like emotional closeness, right? Yes, definitely. So it turns out that being honest, even though it's horrible, even though having to say to your kid, the doctors can't fix this, and then they say, is daddy going to die? And and you say, yeah, he is. And I'm sorry, this is awful, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but if you, oh, no, 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 it'll be fine. You know, oh, they'll fix it. But you know, then later they find out that you knew and that, you know, you lied to them or you didn't, you know, that's, it's kind of like, there's no really lovely way to have this discussion. It's going to be horrible any way you do it, but there are ways to make it worse. And that would be by not being honest honest. about it. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And how do you falling apart because your, your best friend, your partner is leaving you, Mm. you know, it's expected, but you have to take care of these two, you know, because as far as you can tell they'll be here for a long time Mm. so how do you as mom handle that without falling apart yeah well that's a really good question uh You know, I, I found a really good therapist. I didn't, at first I was like, ah, therapist, mm, who uh-huh. needs one of those, right? <laughs> I'll just talk to my friends and yeah, I'll just do. read some books. <laughs> and I did talk to my friends and I did read books, right? I found a lot of uh-huh. great books. But eventually I was like, you know what? I should find a therapist. And so that was really great to, you know, to have yeah. a professional to talk to. And the funny thing is, you know, what starts out in talking about grief ends up eventually becoming about life, broadly speaking, right? Because, right. because now here I I am at, at the time 43 and I was still alive and I was like I still had another 
percent or hopefully more of my life left to go. Right. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? Um, so that was one thing. Another thing, and there's a really terrific resource. It's called Camp Widow. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's run by mm -hmm. Soaring Spirits, which is an organization um, based in California. And it's a widow support, broadly speaking. They do a lot of different things. And one of the things they do is they run this thing called Camp Widow, which is not camping. Uh, it's a, it's like a conference, basically, but Camp Widow sounds a lot cooler than like, you know, Widow Conference. Right. Uh, right. And they run it like three times a year, once in Toronto, once in Florida, and once in San Diego. Mm. Um, and so, you know, widowed people of all ages, a lot of them are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, may have little kids, teenagers, might have grown kids, might not have kids, go there and they have, you know, speakers and workshops and they do fun stuff. Like, uh, it's just great to connect with other widowed people who get it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd encourage you listeners, you know, if you're widowed, check them out. It's called Camp Widow. Um, mm. Because, and they just, they just did it in uh, San Diego in person recent last last okay. month I think and so I'm sure you know I don't know what the plans are for next year but that's a terrific group so that was good lots of books um it turns out I have a nice collection of widowed parent friends here that I just happen to know like not people that I met through the podcast but like mm -hmm. people in my neighborhood and my kids school community and stuff that were also widowed parents and so finding people like that that you can connect with and even if you're, you're going out for dinner and half the time you're talking about random stuff and then grief comes up and then something else comes up and then you know it's just like having people to relate to I think is really really right. helpful as well yeah I could see that therapy helps you not to not just focus on the grief but to try to move beyond right I would think yeah because I realized here's one of the things I realized so my husband died his name was Dennis he died at age 44 mm, so young. he got like half of a life I mean who knows how long any of us is gonna live but I feel like that's about half of what he you know mm. Mm -hmm. Maybe should have gotten. And I realized that I, you know, I was 43, like I said, if I kind of half-heartedly live the rest of my life, 50 or 60 more years, that would kind of make the situation doubly tragic. Right? It was already tragic that he got half of a life. And I, I, I couldn't change that. There was no magic wand that would undo that. Right. What I did have control over is what I chose to do with the, my remaining decades. Yes. So yeah. it was helpful to ha kind of shift my thinking in that way and, and realize that I, you know, it's kind of a two-edged sword, right? I had to define what was next for me mm -hmm. and I got to define what was next for me. Yes. You know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you. And thanks for sharing one and two. Thanks for the way you went about it. Not a lot of us could have. And now you're sharing that with others. And, and I'm grateful for that because, mm. you know, we, we all need some help and especially in that situation. Yeah. And sadly, there's a lot more widowed parents now, right? I mean, there's all the people who yeah, are dying COVID. from... Yeah, yeah. Is everybody's still dying from cancer and car accidents and suicides and airplane crashes and everything else people are dying from in a mm -hmm. regular year. And add to that all the people who are losing people to COVID. It's just the problem is enormous. Yeah, definitely. So what kind of support um, do you offer to a grieving parent? One, I know you do the podcast and you've written the book. Anything else? Well, I think the podcast is... Is, is the best place to start. And so it's actually widowedparentpodcast.com. You can get right to, there's over a hundred interviews now, and it's a mix of experts, you know, grief experts and children's grief experts and people who have expertise on different aspects of the, that would be of interest to widowed parents. And then interviews with fellow widowed parents who are a bit down the road who are sharing their stories. And I should point out, it's definitely not just moms. I, I re 
really make a point of interviewing moms and dads and have listeners mm-hmm. who are moms and dads because I think it's really important and there aren't as many resources, sadly, for widowed dads. Uh, and then um, the other really interesting category of interviews is people who are now adults. And when they were a kid or a teenager, one of their parents died and they're reflecting on you know what they wish they had known or done or the adults around them had known or done. And I feel like in order to try to best understand what my kids are going through, hearing that perspective from the, you know, the perspective of a, yeah. of a grown up grieving child um, is really helpful. So there's that. And, um, and then the book actually, it's called Future Widow. It's actually for all grieving people. I've had a lot of people read it who've told me, oh, I wasn't sure I should read it because I'm, I don't have a terminally ill spouse or I'm not a widowed parent, but you know, I'm grieving this other loss. And it turns out it was really helpful for me too. Um, right. So there's that right now. Now, those are the main two. Well, of course, I have an email list, and so I'm sharing out resources. Um, and my website, JennyList.com, is the best way to get. Oh, and I almost forgot. Actually, I do have a free downloaded guide. For, uh, okay. Kind of the, like the top ten things I've learned from my guests on the show. Oh, okay. And so that's a really good place to start too. And like I said, it's free, and it's at JennyList.com/slash/top ten. Okay, so um, I'll put I'll put a link in the show notes for that. So terrific. Could, yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah, those would yeah. be great places to uh, to start. The book, of course, is available everywhere. Um, if you go to futurewidowbook.com, you can find your favorite retailer and uh, and get it that way. Great. Thank you. And what is Jenny grateful for today? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. What am I grateful for today? You know, I'm grateful that I have plenty of interesting things to be working on right now. I am not bored. I am never bored. <laughs> I'm giving a, a presentation a week after next for uh, for grief allies, actually, for people who are mm. wanting to support their friends, family, neighbors, colleagues who are grieving or going through a, you know, a, a crisis situation. So, um, you know, putting the finishing touches on that. So I guess my point is um, I'm grateful for having plenty of interesting things to uh, to be doing every day. Yes, you're busy um, helping grieving parents and kids. So, and, and that in itself is, uh, you know, a lot of work, I'm sure. But yeah. good work. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's always something interesting to work on. And um, I've got, I'm not sure when this is running, but I've got some, it is Children's Grief Awareness Month, so I've got some promotions going on, some giveaways um, okay. going on as well. So if this posts, well, it's still November, then check those out as well. Oh, I definitely will because even because of that, you know, simply because of that. Oh, great. Well, yeah. so, so let me so JennyList.com slash giveaway um, mm-hmm. has has those. And actually next week, so the 8th through the 12th of November, I'm giving away five books, mine plus four others um, that oh, okay. would all be of interest to widowed parents. Um, all right. So good. yeah, it's a free, you know, signed copies of, you know, print books. So um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool thing. That's a free stuff. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thanks. And so having all of this going on with you and being busy working and taking care of your children, how do you practice self-care? And what, you know, what does that look like for you? Mm. Well, what I'm really trying to focus on is making sure I get enough sleep. Mm. I don't always do a good job of that, but I find that's kind of a, a baseline, like a fundamental. Like, yes. you know, if I don't have enough sleep, it doesn't matter if I do a bubble bath or this or that or whatever, right? Like True. getting enough sleep makes everything better and not mm-hmm. getting enough sleep makes everything harder. So yes. I'm really trying to focus on that as a as the foundation. And, you know, I, early in the pandemic, I actually, I decided that might have been one of the most protective things I could do to try to, like, it's not like that 
would keep me from getting sick. But if I was overtired, I thought I might be, my mm-hmm. body would be weaker and I might be more vulnerable. Yeah. So I just yeah. decided to start catching up on sleep. And I think I erased like 30 years of sleep debt. <laughs> so, <laughs> my husband and I used to joke about how I had sleep debt from college, you know, 10, oh, 20 and 30 gosh, years later, yeah. I still had sleep debt from college. And, and, yeah, but I think, babies. <laughs> yeah, I think I erased all that in the early months of the pandemic by deliberately trying to sleep more. So, yeah. Good for you, because, you know, if you don't do it, your body will do it for you. So True, true. Yes, yes. Yep. Thank you very much, Jenny Lisk. Um, anything else? No, this has been great. Thank you, Jen. I'd encourage people to, uh, again, check out the, well, the giveaway, if it's if in JennyLisk.com slash giveaway. Okay. There's some pretty cool books there. Okay. And any parting advice for for a solo mom who is going through the grieving process with yeah. their children? Yeah. You know, what I would say is that grief support is like swimming lessons. You don't wait until your kid's drowning and then say, oh, I think I should give them swimming lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go ahead and set them up with swimming lessons ahead of time to give them a valuable life skill. And I think that if you know someone is a solo mom of grieving kids, realizing that grief support for them and for yourself, you don't have to wait until you get to some threshold. Like, how do I know if it's bad enough? Oh, now I'll sign them up for, mm-hmm. you know, for grief support. Yeah. Don't wait until they're drowning. You know, if you go ahead and proactively um, look for something like that, there are some valuable life skills that, you know, can can uh, end up being helpful in the long term for, for yourself and for your kids. Yeah, very good advice. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sure.